Clinker Factor, the cement industry podcast. Welcome to The Clinker Factor, a podcast from WCA which looks at the decarbonisation of the cement and concrete industry and other topics of interest. I'm Manon Burbage, Communications and Policy Manager for WCA. You may have noticed that I'm not the regular host. Ian Riley, WCA CEO and The Clinker Factor regular host, is today appearing as one of our guests on the podcast, alongside Anna Nader, CEO of A-Cubed & Co., who has spent his entire career working in the cement industry in ASEC, Lafarge and Yambu Cement, and who has extensive technical knowledge and expertise with industry challenges. Today, we're going to discuss the decarbonisation challenge for the cement industry in the Middle East and North Africa, what companies there can do to get started on their net zero journeys. The MENA region is one of the most vulnerable regions to extreme heat globally, which is being exacerbated by anthropogenic climate change. Nevertheless, many countries in this region still have either not made net zero pledges or have commitments which fall far short of a 1.5 degree pathway. As our listeners will know, the cement industry contributes to around 7% of CO2 emissions globally, and thus decarbonising our industry will be a core component of government's climate plans and strategies. So, Ian, can you kick us off by describing the status of the cement industry in the MENA region with regards to decarbonisation and net zero? So, Manna, thanks for that introduction. If we go back to COP26 in Glasgow, more than 190 countries made commitments to net zero by 2050 and to being on a 1.5 degree pathway by 2030. Countries in the MENA region have NDCs, but those NDCs still fall well short of these targets. And the lack of a sectoral roadmap for cement is, is one of those factors. With COP27 and COP28 taking place in Egypt and then the UAE, the MENA region will be the focus uh, for the next couple of years. For example, the Egyptian government is supporting an initiative to green the construction sector with a focus on cement and concrete. So we thought this was an excellent time to redouble our engagement with the MENA region and develop a decarbonisation roadmap specifically for the cement sector in the Middle East that starts with the opportunity to improve competitiveness at the same time as reducing carbon emissions. And to do this, we've partnered with A-Cube and Company, one of WCA's members who are based in the UAE and operating in MENA uh, and more widely internationally. So WCA will be hosting its annual conference from the 25th to the 28th of September in Dubai at the Emirates Towers. Uh, the theme of the conference is navigating the climate challenge, reducing carbon and reducing costs. And this is a key part of our engagement with the region and will showcase the regional roadmap that WCA have developed with AQ. So Ian, thanks for that introduction. Um, roadmaps are a really excellent way of planning, detailing and kicking off company journeys to net zero. Um, so Amma, could you maybe explain to us what the WCA and A-Cube's MENA roadmap involves and why it's really important? Thank you very much and uh, I'm thrilled to be with you on the podcast. The joint WCA and AQ roadmap is aiming towards an ultimate target of having the, the transition to net zero as an added value to the cement business with the aim of the first part of it, the first five steps towards around 50% reduction of the CO2 with a direction of decreasing carbon while decreasing cost. 
The roadmap aims to decarbonization approach that is based on efficiency and minimum investment that is to positively support the bottom lines of cement manufacture in the region, where the markets are already under pressure due to supply-demand dynamic. And continue, uh, consistently, the cement business units cannot survive for sure any added burdens. That's the main direction, reducing carbon and reducing costs simultaneously so plants can cope with uh, decarbonization in an added value to their bottom lines. Yeah, so let's unpack the roadmap a little bit uh, for our listeners. Um, the cement industry for more than 20 years now has really been pulling on uh, three levers uh, to uh, decarbonize uh, and, and also to reduce costs at the same time. Uh, so the first of these is energy efficiency. Uh, the second is uh, switching to lower carbon fuels. And the third is uh, reducing clinker factor. Uh, so, of course, all of these play a role in the uh, Middle Eastern roadmap that we've put together. Uh, so, so perhaps we could uh, start by just looking at uh, energy efficiency. Um, where do you see the, the key opportunities for energy efficiency uh, within the MENA region? Throughout the region, the plants are of bigger size. The average of the plant size within the region is a 6,000 6, ton per day. In some GCC countries, the average is 8,000. And in some countries, even the average is around 10,000 tons. So they are huge, big lines with major consumption of fuels. Consequently, the fuel acts on uh, around 40% of the total cost. So it's, it's a main cost reduction for these plants on fuel flexibility, on maximum quality of clinker. The second part of that is reliability. Most of these plants are quite modern, yet the maintenance systems are not the best. Energy efficiency, higher reliability, and higher quality will directly result in a better clinker that is suited further for the next steps Last but not least, reliability will decrease the cost and allow high, uh, higher operability of the plants and consequently lower specific heat consumption and power consumption in, in uh, clinker and cement production. So, Amma, uh, thanks for that as a perspective. I think one of the things that um, can be underestimated uh, is the impact that maintenance uh, has on fuel consumption. Uh, so, uh, of course, if you can keep the uh, plants running with, with very few failures, uh, this has a very positive uh, impact on your fuel efficiency. Uh, and uh, the improvements in this area are one of the uh, big opportunities uh, really worldwide uh, in, in terms of improving fuel consumption. But uh, let, let's move on to uh, fuel flexibility, because fuel flexibility is something um, that varies a lot depending on, on region. Uh, so we see in Europe that uh, there's very extensive use of alternative fuels, and in, in many um, other parts of the world, much less so. Um, where do you see the opportunities in, in the Middle East in this area? The utilization of alternative fuels is always relative or related directly to the environmental management framework in a country. And since most of the countries in Middle East are beginning to have these systems in place and strong, you have good examples like uh, Morocco, Emirates, and on the way is Saudi Arabia and Egypt. And those are the major producers as well in, in the cement sector in Middle East. 
So there is a, a growing opportunity for alternative fuel utilization. You would see uh, Emirates has uh, almost an average of around 20% uh, utilization of alternative fuels across the cement sector. Uh, Egypt is in the range of 12. Morocco is uh, more advanced with a range of 35% of alternative fuel utilized. And also the region has two main advantages, if you looked at it. North Africa part is an agricultural-based and industrial-based countries. Consequently, have a lot of uh, agricultural waste biomass that is available, which has a high positive impact on the carbon footprint. And it's also easy to use within the plants with minor thermal impact. Also, the industrial waste within countries like Egypt and Morocco is a good advantage for the utilization as well. In uh, the GCC countries, on the other hand, you have uh, a population with a very high level of GDP, consequently high plastic waste, uh, RDF, which poses a thermal, a thermal impact, but it is imminent for these countries to go for this to avoid the uh, landfill impact, which is impact on their global emission level. Consequently, uh, countries like uh, Emirates and Saudi Arabia are currently uh, having the biggest in the world RDF areas and uh, waste-to-fuel facilities, which of course will target the cement industry as a main user with an expectation in Saudi Arabia, for example, to cover 30% of the energy needs of the cement industry in the coming five years. Yeah, and I think that uh, you, you touched also on the uh, the important uh, social uh, impact that the cement industry can have in being part of this waste solution. Uh, so the uh, cement industry is able to uh, safely and at low cost dispose of uh, waste materials uh, that if they were otherwise disposed of uh, might, might cause other problems. And so it can really be part of the solution in improving waste management in a country, in addition to uh, the advantages of, of using waste as fuel. So uh, maybe uh, they, we touch also on the, uh, the last uh, element of the traditional approach to uh, decarbonization, which is reducing clinker factor. And of course, uh, the Middle East has very limited supplies of uh, uh, supplementary cementitious materials, particularly fly ash and, and uh, slag. Th this is still a big opportunity, I think, in the Middle East, where clinker factors generally are still very high. Absolutely agree. Uh, the, the main reason behind the delay of uh, higher cementitious use in cement industry in Middle East was the cement standards and the concrete standards. In, in most of the countries, the concrete standard is uh, cement volume-based, so cement percentage, not cement strength. Consequently, for producers, it doesn't make it doesn't have an urge to change the type of cement as long as anyway the volume will be the same in any concrete volume. Also, most of the cement standards regard uh, cement type two and type three, uh, according to EN standards, as uh, non-structural cement. So the use of these materials are in finishing and a second level construction only. So uh, there are many countries currently working with the standards, Algeria pioneering that in, in Algeria, uh, cement OPC is less than 5% of the total utilization of the country. Morocco, uh, second, and in, in Emirates also, they have uh, made a new rule of 
having a minimum of 30% SEM2 and SEM3 in any uh, building. Consequently, uh, that is a standard that is pushing cement companies to have slack cement. Uh, there is also, also a new company that was made mainly for slack grinding to give uh, slack to cement industry. Also, there is natural material like pozzolana where it's rich in Saudi Arabia and in Algeria and somehow in Morocco as well, which, uh, for example, pozzolana cement in Saudi Arabia is around uh, 20% of the total production. Uh, and in some areas of Saudi Arabia, it is even allowed to be used as a structural cement. Also, the, the level of uh, clay uh, kaolinite in the Middle East is very rich. And this is a very good opportunity for LC3 to kick in and uh, also uh, calcine clay utilization in different types of clinker like belite clinker and uh, other types of uh, clinkers that are mainly more based on clay rather than uh, limestone. So there is a variety of material within the, within the region that can act as cementitious material. Also, there are technologies working on uh, activating the bypass dust to be used as a cementitious material in a way. Uh, the technology is still uh, at, at the beginning. It's not re really very mature, but it is ongoing. And once this happened, bypass dust is a major problem or a challenge towards de decarbonization within the Middle East because most of the cement plants are on sea fronts where uh, chlorine is above the level of 350 ppm uh, in the raw material. Consequently, bypass percentages are between 30 and 50 percent given the major volumes of plants this is a huge amount of dust that if possible to activate will be a major opportunity for the region yeah, as you say it's a huge opportunity in reducing uh, bypass dust production and i guess that gets uh, gets the importance of carefully controlling clinker quality as well as looking at uh, uh, different types of technology you also um, uh, bring up the issue of uh, porcelain cements. Of course, uh, uh, these are not new. Since we're talking about it, the Middle East, uh, porcelain cements go back to the building of the of the pyramids. So they've been around a very long time, but uh, haven't been used so extensively. And I think as um, uh, the cement industry tries to further reduce uh, the clinker factor uh, worldwide, uh, we'll see uh, greater use of pozzolans and, and, of course, uh, also of calcine clays, uh, especially in view of the declining uh, production of uh, the traditional uh, SCMs like uh, fly ash and, and uh, slag. I think that's probably a pretty good uh, roundup of the overall roadmap. So uh, obviously, we'll get into a lot of detail on all of that uh, in the in the conference. Thank you both for that very interesting discussion. I think it provides a really good introduction and a taster of what the conference will hold. So, Amma, perhaps you could introduce to us what attendees could expect from our conference and how the programme is designed to ensure that participating companies can really get ready to implement their net zero strategies. From my opinion, the conference is a great opportunity for the cement sector looking at decarbonization. It's under the umbrella of WCA in one place. 
connecting cement manufacturers, investors, suppliers of technology, proven technologies that is tried and known to be effective within the cement industry, as well as consultants deeply working on the topic. So it would be a great opportunity. Within the conference, it will deal with all the aspects within the roadmap from different angles and show even the competing methodologies that are available to to give the cement manufacturers a full view of the topic and the best selection out of it. In brief, the conference will cover the developments for the decarbonization related directly to the cement, also will address the industrial challenges and cement markets within the region and globally to connect the decarbonization to the market dynamics in the context of operational excellence, as well as material of innovations in the context of product portfolio of the future for the cement manufacturers. Uh, if I could add, uh, we'll also be holding two CEO strategic dialogues during the conference to support CEOs to build robust decarbonization strategies that can pave the way towards gaining competitive advantage from decreasing carbon emissions. Uh, and in addition, we'll be holding workshops on a number of key topics, uh, including leveraging digital maturity to accelerate decarbonization, uh, the role of chemistry uh, in the product portfolio of the future, uh, reinventing cement talent for a digital world, and uh, decarbonization implementation, so decarbonization strategy uh, implementation framework. So those, those four workshops will uh, get into some technical details uh, that go beyond the uh, plenary sessions and will also give a chance for participants to, to really engage with the topics and ask questions and discuss the right ways forward. Amma, would you like to add any extra information on those workshops? I would say that workshops are a perfect opportunity for the XCOM and the chiefs and directors of the cement plants to get in touch with detailed implementation steps of their parts of the strategy, whether it's digital or product or overall operational related. Also, the CEO dialogues is going to be a perfect platform for the CEOs to discuss the synergy possible between their plants to get the maximum support within the WCA network towards the implementation of the roadmap. Excellent. Thank you. So I think we'll close the podcast there. Um, before we finish, I'd just like to remind our listeners that the uh, WCA annual conference supported by A Cubed and Co will start with a welcome reception and registration on the 25th of September, followed by two main conference days on the 26th and 27th, and uh, finally a site visit on the 28th. Um, if you'd like to join us in Dubai or to find out more about the conference and our sponsorship packages, you can find all the details on our website. The link and information to that will be in the podcast description. So thank you very much, Ian and Anna, for joining me today on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to host and we look forward to seeing you in September. Thank you, Manon. Uh, thank you, Anna. Thank you very much. And it was a great opportunity. And we look forward to see our uh, cement colleagues and friends in the conference.